Hello and welcome to this IBR Extra, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. A number of similarly-minded groups representing wind, solar, hydropower, and energy storage came together as the new year began to form the American Clean Power Association. The group supported a clean energy roadmap for the decade with the goal of reaching 50% renewable electricity generation by the year 2030. In the 55th edition of our program, which aired during the third weekend of 2021, we heard from John Hensley, who was Vice President of Research and Analytics at the American Wind Energy Association when the report was released in December 2020. This study focuses on the clean energy transition that we could expect to see over the coming decades, so through the end of 2030. And in particular, it focuses on smart and aggressive administrative actions as well as legislative actions that can drive an energy transition forward and deliver economic growth. We're really interested in understanding if we shoot for targets like 50% renewable energy on the grid, what does that mean for the economy overall? What does that mean for job creation? What does that mean for economic growth? What does that mean for payments to state and local communities? Uh, We really want to dig at how how can the energy transmission transition be part of the economic revitalization that we so desperately need coming off of the COVID-19 pandemic? And for those who may not be aware, when we're talking about the phrase clean energy, what is involved in that? Yeah, so we actually, as part of this study, looked across all clean energy technologies. So wind, solar, battery storage, hydroelectric generation, Nuclear is part of the analysis, uh, but we don't bucket it as part of the the clean energy footprint that we talk about. So in particular, if you reach what goal by the year 2030, in other words, what goal within the next decade, what's that going to mean for the state of Iowa in a very tangible way? Yeah, great question. So in particular, we're looking at trying to deliver 50% or more of the country's electricity through renewable energy sources by 2030. And as a result of that, in Iowa specifically, you can anticipate a couple of things to happen. One, there are going to be gigawatts of new renewable energy projects that are developed in the state. So this growth in wind energy that you've seen in the states over the last decade will continue. You'll also start to see solar projects, energy storage projects come into the state. So new investment in infrastructure. Uh, Second, you're going to see major investment from a capital standpoint. So all these projects, you know, require quite a bit of capital to get them underway and and up and running. We're looking at $10 billion in capital investment in the state over over the coming decade. Then importantly, we also wanted to look at what does that mean for state and local jurisdictions, as well as the landowners who make their land available for these projects. And we found that over the course of the decade, we're going to see an estimated $1 billion in payments to state and local governments in the forms of tax payments, uh, property tax payments, et cetera. And then for the landowners out there, they're going to see payments of over $1.1 billion, which is we like to call it as a major cash crop. And definitely when you start talking about billion with a B, those are numbers that get people's attention to be certain. Now, you indicated this is predicated on 50% renewable electricity generation. If for whatever reason it's 30% instead of 50, is it a pro rata 
change in the dollar amounts, or do you need to get to that threshold in order to truly, if you will, in a dollar-for-dollar way, get the benefits you've just mentioned? My understanding is from economies of scale and and the size that you need, you kind of need a certain size in order to get that kind of results. It's not simply reduce this by half, and you can also reduce that by half. Yeah, so I was an interesting case. You already have a very active renewable energy industry in the state, and so you need to keep adding some fuel to the fire uh, to keep that growth going, keep the job creation happening. Um, so we do want to see something that's sort of, you know, a higher scale of of activity happening in the state. And especially as we start to think about some of these climate targets that are out there and these greater ambitions to reach things like 50% renewable energy, those really do necessitate a major step change in the level of renewable energy deployment that we should see in the country. One of the other things that Iowa in particular, I think, will benefit from is this transition towards renewable energy is really going to require a major investment in our transmission infrastructure. So the the lines that move the electricity around the system and and help to connect those, you know, really windy or sunny areas of the country to the demand centers. And Iowa kind of sits at this nexus of the country between those, you know, windy plain states and the power demand centers in Illinois and and further east. Uh, And so investment in the transmission infrastructure is going to be a major player in this as well. And that, of course, will also bring jobs, further investment, um, and again, additional tax payments for the state. So it's not just about the, the renewable energy projects. It's also about the infrastructure to deliver them to customers. Now, that's been one of the issues that's been hotly contested. Folks in Iowa saying we don't just want to be a highway. If you're trying to transmit the power coming from a place, let's say, South Dakota, North Dakota, and you're simply traveling it across the state of Iowa to a place like Illinois, well, it adversely affects our landscape to look at these lines, et cetera. What's the response from an industry standpoint to those who say, we don't just want to be the generator for other people? Yeah, so maybe a couple thoughts. One is, you know, Iowa already has a pretty established uh, power base of, of particular wind projects out there that are generating electricity. And of course, Iowa can't necessarily consume all that electricity. So it needs the transmission lines to take it to other markets as well. And so if every state in the link had that kind of attitude, we'd never be able to move power anywhere in the country. So, you know, it's important to keep that in mind. The other piece is it doesn't just matter where the power ultimately ends up for the state to benefit uh, in, in terms of job creation, right? Those power lines have to be constructed in Iowa. So you're gonna have the construction crews uh, even manufacturing facilities in the state that supply a lot of the parts and components that ultimately go into those things. And then the operations and maintenance jobs. You know, once these lines are up, you can't just forget about them. You have to go out there and repair them after storms or, or just keep them up and running. So the operations and maintenance side will also bring an additional investment. Um, yeah, so, you know, more benefits than, than just being able to move that power through, through the state. And at the end of the day, Iowa will also benefit from having access to that lower cost renewable energy in the Dakotas or in other parts of the country. And that will result in lower payments on the customer's electricity bill. Iowa, as you have noted, has been a state that has been moving forward, especially with regard to wind. There are other states that are still mining coal. And so Going with a plan like this is going to adversely affect certain industries. That's not to say those workers can't be retrained and employed and deployed other places. 
But strictly from an Iowa standpoint, if this builds out as you are suggesting, are there negative impacts in terms of existing industries that are going to go by the wayside? Again, with the thought that potentially there could be a transference with skills. But is there less of an adverse impact in Iowa as opposed to some of these other states? Well, Iowa is not a major producer of commodities like coal or oil or natural gas. So, you know, a little bit less exposed to those markets as opposed to a state like North Dakota or Wyoming that are very heavy producers in that sense. One of the interesting things that we found in this in this study is that by 2030, meeting that 50% renewable target is going to create somewhere in the order of a million jobs across the country. If you look at those renewable jobs, those 1 million renewable jobs, that'll be more than two times the number of fossil fuel related electricity jobs that currently exist in the country. So the replacement rate is more than double, uh, which is great in terms of, you know, being able to for those skills, that knowledge base, in addition to the job creation that will happen. Where can people go if they'd like more information or would like to see some of these numbers and some of the, the survey points for themselves? Yeah, the best place to go is cleanpower.org. Check out our press release. And then there's a great story map where you can investigate all the details of the report and kind of interact with some of the key facts. John Hensley, Vice President of Research and Analytics for the American Wind Energy Association, which became part of the American Clean Power Association earlier this month. More information and the full study can be found online at cleanpower.org. Again, the report claims reaching that 50% renewable electricity generation goal by the end of this decade will mean 10% lower wholesale power prices in Iowa, $10.4 billion in capital investments from wind and solar plants in Iowa, another billion in state and local taxes from existing and future projects, and $1.1 billion in land lease payments. We spoke via Zoom on Thursday, December 17th. The Iowa Business Report, radio program and podcast is presented by the Center for Business Growth and Innovation at the University of Northern Iowa, online at cbgi.uni.edu. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.